Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If I Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the PowerSlant Podcast here on Patreon on Thursday or uh, with whip ads unfortunately on Friday on the main feed. My name is Kenny, joined as always by Finley Martin. Finn, how are you doing today on this Greek day, as a Scottish person would say? Yeah, I'm doing well, Kenny. I mean, how are you doing? I mean, you've got a birthday coming up. That, that feels hurtful. That, feel, that, that doesn't feel like a, a friendly reminder. You're still in your 30s. Are you still going to be in your 30s at the end of the week? Well, the I mean, problem next year that we're going to have to tea and sympathy. That's what I'm going to have to bring, isn't it? I know, I know. Well, that's and a gun. Um, no, the because you know, I, I up until about halfway through being 38, I was still clinging on to, to mid 30s, even though it was chucking me out the door. And now it's late 30s. And, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, the, the good thing is I don't feel like I look it, which is good. I don't feel it. I mean, did you, when you, when you turned 40, did you feel 40 when you turned 40? 40 I don't know how 40 would feel, but. 40 didn't bother me in the slightest. 30 did. 30 was a big, big age, big uh, milestone for me. And I don't know why, but 40 didn't bother me in the slightest. Neither did 50. So, um, you know, I'm 55 in October. So. You know, I just don't care anymore. It doesn't bother me at all. Well, that's one of the, I guess that's one of the good things is the, I mean, I guess also if you're happy, if you're content and stuff with, with what you're doing and, and, and your life and stuff, it's not that bad. I mean, it'll be fine. There's so what are you saying, that... Kenny? Are you, are you heading for a career change? Is that what you're telling me? What would I do? What would, what would the other career be? You know, <laughs> I mean, that's the, I, you know, it all series is one of the things, and you, I'm sure you've had this at points. One of the things would be in someone who, either runs your own business or does something in a in something that we do, you do have these kind of almost sleepless nights of like, what the fuck do I do if this doesn't work? 
Yes. Or like what you know what because if this all ends tomorrow, where do I go? And and I don't know. Which hopefully will spur me on to make sure that I don't really have to ever think about it. But you know, yeah. it, it does it does play in your mind. I think if it doesn't play in your mind, that's a one one way ticket to complacency, which Oh yes. Yes, absolutely. You've got to, you know, keep got to keep yourself on your toes. You know, yes. you've got to be there and thinking of the, you know, the next thing you're going to do. So, yeah. uh, but uh, you're right. Yeah, 2017 when I had my that's it. I'm not doing wrestling anymore. Yes, very strange time and uh, you know, quite a difficult time as well. And happily, <laughs> I returned to the warm embrace of pro wrestling, which we're going to talk about now. Yes, we are. And um, we did mention because obviously Ewan had messaged us on Patreon, one of our pledgers, and he had asked if we can talk about the Okada and Danielson match from Wrestle Kingdom this year. So we both had a chance to check it out. And yeah, what did you think of the match? And I guess in comparison to a couple of things, Okada of the last couple of years, and also the Forbidden Door match, which, you know, at the time felt like it was a bit underwhelming yes. compared to what we thought. I mean, who would have thought that Finn Martin would be praising the Osprey match over an Okada and Danielson match? Um, but that's what happened. Uh <laughs> Uh, what did what did you make to Okada and Danielson? Hey, and what about that Osprey cover last month? Yes. What about that? I mean, you know, I was there in the Sainsbury's and I took a picture of Inside the Ropes magazine, loads of other magazines, like rail magazines and football magazines. And that Osprey cover, I thought, beat them all. Uh, anyway, as far as Danielson and Okada goes, yeah, I felt this was better than the Forbidden Door match. We know that that was hampered by... Danielson's injury so I mean that was you know it happened and let's face it the fact they even finished the match was you know I don't know whether he should be applauded for it or not people can decide for themselves whether he should have been applauded or not but it's certainly a gutsy thing to do whether it was I mean it doesn't seem to have caused any long-term damage to Danielson so you know maybe you know it was the right decision on the night Uh, but this match here at the Tokyo Dome Yeah, I thought this was better than the Forbidden Door match. Um, The only thing that let it down slightly was we obviously knew that Akada was going to win. That was the only slight thing holding it back from being more exciting and dramatic than it was. Would you agree with that, Kenny? Yeah, no, I think that that was obviously, it was fairly obvious that was what was going to happen. He was going to get his win back. It kind of reminded me a little bit, I mean... This is so much better than what I'm about to bring up. So please don't think that I'm trying to compare these two matches in quality. No, because... not, not Rock and Cena. Yeah, Rock and Cena too. We knew that, you know, you knew exactly where I was going. You knew Cena was winning the sequel, right? You knew it. There was just yeah. no way other way. So, and you knew he'd Okada and Danielson was going to win. Okada was going to beat Danielson. But at least with we knew that we were going to get a, a good match. And I mean, this seemed to be the, the one that people were talking about. I mean, because obviously Sanada and Naito in the, in the main event, didn't really yeah. feel like a main event that people were talking about. So this almost felt like the I know that I know that Osprey and Moxley were in the three way with Dave David Finlay as well, but I mean Okada and Danielson seemed on paper to me to be the real kind of main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I would agree. Um I agree yeah, I mean they they went they went over twenty minutes, you know, Danielson had the eye patch on still, so of course he's 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 selling that for all that it's worth. Um but I, re- I really enjoyed it. I thought I, the thing with Okada from the matches I've seen him before, he's got a very realistic style, which I like. I always like the build to the Rainmaker, you know, and, and, and if he can get it, how much of it he can get. And I think Danielson a, is a really good guy to play off that. Yeah. Uh, because he's also very realistic. So for me, as someone who 
sometimes struggles with move, 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 move. This was better for me because it was a lot more, you know, they, they were, you know, he's going for the label lock and then he's trying to get the rim. You know, there was like more technical stuff to it that, that worked better for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's more of a texture to the match, more structure there. Everything about it was a classic New Japan main event, even though it wasn't the main event. But to many, as you just said, to many people, this felt like the main event. You know, Danielson worked over Okada's right arm, which, of course, is the Rainmaker arm. Um, you know, Okada did a tombstone power driver on the ring apron. Now, I don't like that at all. I don't like it when they do these moves on the ring apron like yeah. that. And yeah, OK, you know, Danielson did sell it. But we see this too much. And, and it's like, if you're going to do moves like that, it should be the finish to me. Um, the ref actually jumped for joy when Okada hit the drop kick. <laughs> if you just go back and watch on again and watch the referee's reaction. Um, so Danielson took the Rainmaker, counted with a crucifix, hit the uh, cycle knee, didn't win it for Brian. He'd also hit that on the floor as well. Um, you know, Brian kept... Akada kept going for the Rainmaker and Brian would either block it. At one point, he blocked it with a kick. And Akada's there selling the arm. should just mention, actually, Brian had been working on the arm. And Akada's selling it throughout. It's not like what we often see in pro wrestling, where someone sells a limb or body part for, like, 20 seconds or even a minute and then just forgets all about it. This was for the entire match, which is the way it should be. You watch any movie fight scene. And that's what happens in a movie fight scene, or at least a good movie fight scene anyway. You know, that the usually the hero is selling that body power or that injury throughout that climactic fight scene, fight scene in whatever movie it is. Um so yeah, in the end I kind of you know finally hit the Rainmaker for the one, two, three. And afterwards they both melt they both knelt and bowed to each other in the ring. And then Brian raised the Cadder's arm in victory. So it felt like the end of their series, didn't it? The two match series they were going to have. And I, th- I thought this was, yeah, I thought this was a hell of a match. Yeah, I was yeah. really impressed. I think it's worth it's worth checking out if you've not seen it. Um, and I think it's you know it's one of Danielson's better matches in yeah. the last while. I, to me, a lot of the matches he's had in AEW have, have not really hit for me yeah. for the most part. So I think this was a uh, return to form. For Danielson, yeah. so it, it did take it did take me a little while to get into it because that Continental Classic was total overkill on Danielson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was total overkill on everyone, and um, I was like, the end of that, it's like I don't want to watch Brian Danielson wrestle ever again after that Continental Classic, <laughs> and I've got, you know, which just tells you all you need to know about what I thought about that tournament. And uh, but I mean, this match, you know, did renew my interest in Danielson because it was very different to his AEW matches, and that's yeah. a good thing, as DD yeah. might have said. <laughs> Eric, we've lots to get into today, so let's try and go chronological. We always talked about the Netflix and Raw deal on Tuesday, but we also have The Rock being made a board member of TKO, he is getting like 30 million dollars to be part of the board, he's now going to be a decision maker. He's got uh, ownership of his name again, so he can use the, his name in outside projects. Yeah, there's now no no longer... Because I think before it used to be that WWE would get a cut or a percentage of whatever he makes by using the Rock name, so now he owns it outright, so he can do with it whatever he wants. Um, I mean, it seems like a smart move for TKO to have someone like the Rock who's such a big name and so likeable, and you know, if you're doing deals and stuff, having him available is going to be a big help. Yeah, I mean, it was quite something, wasn't it, seeing, uh, seeing him there at the stock exchange with Vince? 
who, you know, somehow hasn't been cancelled. How has Vince not been cancelled? How is it that he can still appear in public? Somehow he can. Well, I, th- I think I think that what the reason is that they keep him only for these kind of events. You know, he's yeah. not, he's never out in a sort of, I mean, because when was like, Vince has not been in an arena setting with WWE since I think it was WrestleMania 38. He's not, he's obviously the big scandal broke in summer 2022. Yeah. And everybody thought, oh, he's going to turn up on SmackDown or something. And, you know, pr- pretend that nothing's happened. But we've not seen him since. So, um, but the moustache is also gone, Finn. R.I.P. Yeah, Vince's moustache. Look, the dye job, my God, the dye job. It's just brutal. Yeah, <laughs> What's right. going- and the guy, what is he, 78, I think he's 79 in August. So, yeah, 78. It's like, you know, I, you know I'm know, i 54 and I'm I'm almost completely grey. So Vince, just accept it. It's over, mate. Well, the, the thing, I think I said this to you, I think I said this to you on Tuesday. Maybe I said it off air, I don't know. I won't name and shame anybody we know. But like, the thing is, if you're going to do the whole die job, you have to kind of die it from your 30s or 40s. Yeah. So that it's never obvious. But you can't just like be going grey and, and have like, brown hair and then all of a sudden your mid-70s go to jet black like it's <laughs> mad but hey-ho uh but yeah, yeah, i mean yeah rock was there and he, you know he seemed delighted and um and people said well he's getting all these stock share he's not short of money rock doesn't need the money anymore <laughs> and it's like obviously he hasn't needed money in probably 10 years but i mean this is a sweetener for him isn't it to get him on the team and he's yeah. going to be a big part of it and I can't imagine he's going to be doing too much in terms of creative suggestions. He's just going to be involved in the big deals, isn't he? So well, we, we, we will him. He's going to probably chime in and make a, a comment or, you know, he's going to have to ask for his opinion maybe on whether it's a good idea or not. Well, speaking of <laughs> speaking of him, him only being involved in the big picture stuff and not in creative. So a report came out yesterday, uh, published by Sports Illustrated. I don't know if you've seen this yet. It came out yesterday, and it's a guy called Justin Barrasso who has reported quite a lot of stuff, and he's very kind of in with WWE. Yes, so, I'm aware of him. I've read, met, met, I've read a lot of his stuff. I think he's a very good writer, very talented guy. So he has basically said, he has basically published a, a piece saying what the WrestleMania card is going to be. So I'm just going to read to you the big bits, and I want to get your take on what you think. So he said that... Roman Reigns will be facing The Rock or, or all signs point to the, the WrestleMania being headlined by Roman Reigns and The Rock Ro- Rock did say during one of his appearances on Tuesday that you know he's a long game guy and that he does want to face Roman Reigns uh, so that seems to be the plan um, and then it also says that after a month of speculation that CM Punk would challenge Seth Rollins to the world title WrestleMania a new plan is in place and Gunther is now the favourite to win the Royal Rumble and dethrone Rollins on the first night of WrestleMania. Really? Wow. And then it says here, <clears throat> where does this leave Cody Rhodes? Multiple sources close to WWE head of creative Paul Triple H Levesque have indicated that Rhodes will not headline this year's event, nor will he finish his story at WrestleMania. But there is still a new chapter to write, with a marquee matchup to be had against CM Punk. Mm. So, he, so he's saying CM Punk and... Cody is is the sort of heavily rumored match. Um, he does kind of then talk about Damian Priest being in a difficult spot, and you know what do you do with him? You know, and then kind of explores some people that he could face, like Orton, Styles, Elliot Knight, Finn Balor. 
uh, confirms the Rhea Ripley Becky Lynch match, and then okay. said that, uh, and then and then basically said that Bailey is a favourite to win the women's rumble. But and and uh, to just kind of be fair, Wrestle Votes on Twitter have also reported a lot of stuff in the past. What they responded to this story a few hours later was by saying. After speaking to a few of my own contacts, I believe the following. Those three matches could absolutely happen in Philadelphia. However, the set-in-stone nature of the article is a little naive, I've been told. Sources also relayed that WWE is not happy with this report in general, especially labelling it as sources close to Triple H, as yep. if he'd be so open with this type of specific information. I mean, that, those sources it's probably now killed, shut down, and those sources have probably now like changed their phone numbers. <laughs> I well, mean, that was, yeah, very naive. And, yeah, I was just saying a moment ago that he's a very talented writer, very talented guy. And, yeah, that was, yeah, rather foolish of him, I think, to uh, go out with that information. Uh, yeah, could I mean, for him in future. Could have really made things more difficult for himself in terms of getting scoops. Yeah, I mean, he's done, he's done this before. He's, he's put out pieces like this before. I think he put one out last year at WrestleMania. He has done it before. So the thing I find strange is, He's clearly a clever guy. I've spoke to him before, and you know you've you've read his stuff before. So I just can't see why he would <clears throat> put something out there that's not the case, or that yeah. there. So something is kind of fishy. But unless what, Kenny, unless this is there's some red herrings in there. Yes, they unless, like to do that, don't they? They like yeah. to do that. WWE. They like to just well, we'll say this is going to happen. So you know to amplify the surprise when something else happens. I mean, if you're Justin Barrasso at that point, you've got to kind of be, if that is the case, you've got to be a bit annoyed that you kind of put your neck out in the line to say all this stuff. And then, because if this stuff doesn't happen, then he's kind of put himself out there saying, this is here, here's the card. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, if you've been doing this for a while, it's like you know, things do change. You know, events happen, injuries occur, and plans change. And that's just the way it is. And certainly during the Vince era, that happened all the time. We yeah. know it did. And it still happens now. And they like to surprise people. And I think that's good. So, well, I was going to ask you, though, about in terms of, so say, say, for example, the card that he is suggesting is the, the favorite does happen. So, yeah. say it's Rock and Roman, it's Seth and Gunther, it's Cody and Punk. It does feel like, no matter what way you go, somebody is going to get shafted. You know, somebody's not going to get a big spot on the card. So, I mean, in terms of if they do go down this route and they do Seth and Gunther and he wins the title and they do Cody and Punk, does that sort of satisfy you as a viewer? That those, that, you know, for, for Cody having Punk instead, does it satisfy you for Punk's match if they are going down the Rock and Roman route? What do you think of that, those three top matches, if that is the way they go? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, I don't think I would really be that satisfied with it because why are we pitting Gunter as IC champ against Seth Rollins who's world champ? Okay, we saw that in 1990. With Warrior and Hogan. Um, but I think most of us want to see Gunter versus Lesnar. And you could say, well, once Gunter's champ, then he can face Lesnar. And that could still happen, of course. And yeah, you've got to look at the big picture and the long game. And, you know, this is not obviously WrestleMania is supposed to be the end of each year's booking calendar. Uh, but everything, as we know, it's 52 week a year operation is WWE. So sometimes you can't say, well, we need this now. You know, we can't have that immediate gratification. We've got to spread it out because, as I said, it's a year-round operation. But I don't know whether Cody and CM Punk really feels big enough to me. And, you know, the whole Cody thing and finishing his story, and we've talked about this a lot, and I just feel like that's second best. That's not what we want, which is Rhodes beating Reigns. Because... If Rock faces Reigns, and all the signs are that he will, Rock, I can't see Rock winning because is he going to be sticking around and going on the road? <laughs> is he going to be wrestling in Kalamazoo, Michigan? No, of course he's not. Is Rock going to be on SmackDown in Des Moines? I think so. Well, exactly. Uh, Kalamazoo is in Michigan, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's only only <laughs> a forty minute drive from where Sandra used to live. <laughs> No, what was it? Was it? No, was it Battle Creek? The famous Shawn Michaels promo in two thousand five. Was it Battle Creek? Battle Michigan? Creek, yeah, it was Battle that Creek. Was that was the famous one. That was the one I meant to say. Um, but well, I was. I mean, to, to your point, though, if the if the you know let's let's go in the the basis they are going to do Rock and Roman, right? I feel yeah. like acceptance has to happen soon, Finn, so that you don't so that you don't despair. What is the what should they do with Cody then if he's not facing Roman? What's the best? sort of, you know, secondary thing they could do with him that you would be satisfied with? Um, I, I don't know. And the thing is, if you go back to look to, uh, and you know, re- review what Rhodes and Punk said to each other in their segment on Monday in that confrontation on Raw, they were talking about winning the Rumble and getting the main event match at WrestleMania, weren't they? That mm-hmm. was their shared goal. They and both it- want to do that. So if they're instead wrestling each other... That's a letdown for both, in my opinion. I think it is. Okay, because I mean, on Monday, I when we were talking on Tuesday, we kind of assume that they are one of those two guys is winning the rumble. Yes, it's, it's Punk or Cody. There's nobody else. I mean, but, you know, so that so, but if Gunther does get the Seth Rollins match and he beats him, and that's great for Gunther, you know, he'll 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 get a big moment. But then, you know, somebody like Lesnar, what is if if these three matches happen? What does Lesnar do? What does exactly. he do at WrestleMania? So, exactly. I mean, his WrestleMania last year was a waste of time, you know, against Omas, wasn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, it feels like no matter what they do, if they're doing Rock and Roman, somebody is left out a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, just going back to Rock and Reigns. Uh-huh. So, I can't imagine that Rock would win. No. But if he did, it's like that could be problematic because so Rock's just swanned in. And he's the one who's ended this guy's epic reign. Um, so what does that say about everyone else on the roster? Again, going back to the problems they had a decade ago during the part-timer era, or even more than a decade ago now, 
where it seemed like the people who just dropped in a few times a year were bigger stars and, you know, in the parameters of pro wrestling better because they beat the bigger stars. So that's not healthy. That sends the wrong message about the rest of the locker room. And But if, on the other hand, Reigns retains the belt again, I think there's going to be this huge collective groan, you know, from Philadelphia and, and living rooms mm-hmm. worldwide. It's like, oh, no, so Reigns has retained the belt again. And uh, maybe we won't see him until SummerSlam this time. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that also... Oh, oh, sorry, Kenny, can I just finish yeah. this point? I don't see what purpose it serves for Reigns to continue to be champion after WrestleMania. People are ready for him to lose the belt r- this weekend, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was going to say, is that we, we've talked ad nauseum about how stale the bloodline is. And if Rock, if Roman was to retain, then is he going to just piss off for another three months, and we're just going to have to be stuck with bloodline light again for a while? Like yeah. it just doesn't seem that exciting. The other option is that what they might do is is there, there there'll be a Saudi pay per view in May, right, or June? Do they not do yeah. they do two? Don't they? Yeah. What's the yeah. one? What's the one? Because Crown Jewels in November one. What's the other one called again? Uh. <laughs> Oh, I guess I it changes, doesn't it? Because they, they did Chamber one year, they've done different things. Yeah. But, I mean, if Saudi offer a boat ton of money to Rock, you know, if Rock if Rock does beat Roman at WrestleMania and then drops it back to him in Saudi Arabia, but again, it's like, what does that do for anybody else? And the fact that Rock's now on the board, <clears throat> you would hope that now he would kind of be looking towards... I I, I totally understand why, they, why they're going to do the match. It's a massive match. People have been talking about it for years. I don't disagree with the fact they're doing it because of the box office stuff. But if Rock's on the board, surely he has to be thinking about after he does that one match. And, you know, is this four yeah, years? Yeah, the effect on morale. What effect is this going to have on morale that he's just, you know, be given this, you know, top spot, all this cash? You know, is this going to annoy people in the locker room? And um, things seem pretty healthy there at the moment. But this is also the problem when you have too many stars. It's very hard to manage that. It's very hard to manage it. And WCW had this problem late 97, 98, where all these main eventers um, and not enough spots to go around for them. Yeah. And it inevitably, you know, it, it breeds resentment. Um, but just regarding Cody, if Cody doesn't win the belt from Roman at WrestleMania, I think it's going to harm his reputation. People are going to think, when's this guy going to do it? You know, it's like we've been waiting two years. He blew it last year. You know, he didn't get the opportunity to become champ this year. Someone else, you know, this part-timer in his 50s swanned in and he got the match. And I think this is going to ha- cause a lot of damage to Cody Rhodes' reputation and drawing power and connection with the audience. And I think that's a big picture thing. You know, Rock's like, well, I'm all about the big picture. It's like, well, look at that. Look at all the time and resources that have gone into building Cody Rhodes into this top guy over the last near two years. And, you know, you're just taking his place. Because you get Cody out there doing interviews. He did an interview with Bleacher Report where he basically said something along the lines of, I can't see Rock coming in and messing with a two-year story. I said, well, that, that kind of seems exactly what he's going to be doing. Yeah. But, I mean, and also, the because I was talking to Alex McCarthy about this last night on a podcast, and... I'd, I did say to him, the reason that I'm more apprehensive is because the the Roman stuff has been quite dull for a while. And I'm just not convinced that if he retains, that it's going to 
you know, say say they want to keep it to SummerSlam and then Cody beats him at SummerSlam or something. Like, is there going to be enough juice in it until SummerSlam? I mean, I don't know. I mean, and then the other thing is, if they do, to me, if they if they're not going to do Rock and if they're not if they're going to do Rock and Roman, sorry, I think Punk and Cody probably is the biggest match for the two of them outside of that. Yes, I agree with that. But I do think, you know, surely they would main event night one and you'd have Rock and Roman main event night two. That to me would be the the case because I know there's the argument of Becky and Rhea should main event night one, but I think that you should you should have, and maybe, you know, they'll decide this need at the time, you should put on in the main event the hottest match. And, Agreed. Agreed. I mean, well, last, last year they, they, they weren't going to put Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens against the Usos on last and they did because it was so hot so I mean I guess but then also is CM Punk has he been promised this Wrestlemania main event this year when he came back is he going to be annoyed that he's now not getting it like there's a lot of like you say big personalities to kind of be looking at here lots of things to juggle and lots of people to appease and yeah last thing we want is another CM Punk blow up um but I mean, yeah, maybe like people think, well, it was such a great reaction to Cody versus CM Punk on Raw. But I think the real drama and the real heat is going to be in Punk versus Rollins. Um, but I mean, it's up to them, isn't it? And it, it's a tricky one. But I mean, it's Rock who's complicating the whole thing. And I feel like we have been transported back to 2012, 2011, 2012 again. The part-time era, which, you know, was one of the reasons that wrestling went down in the early 2010s because of this reliance on part-timers. And there wasn't this belief in building up the full-timers. And we well, went over this many times at the time in the magazine. We've talked about it here on the podcast as well. Is that if, if your audience doesn't feel like your full-timers are on the same level as your part-timers, you're creating problems for yourself. Yeah. You know, it's, I think that's just a very, you know, a really dangerous territory to enter because it's like, no, you're full-timers, you know, they're your bread and butter and okay, bring in a part-timer, but that's to enhance things, not to take over. Well, because that's the, the example, you could use the example of <clears throat> Steve Austin in 2022. He came back and he did main event at WrestleMania, but he main evented it in like a vacuum thing with the Kevin Owens that wasn't yes. for the title. <clears throat> it didn't affect anybody else. It was just yeah. kind of, it was on its own. So, And we, we knew that was a nostalgia match. That yeah. was pure nostalgia. And everyone loved it because it was a nostalgia match. If you're pitting Rock versus Roman Reigns, that's not a nostalgia match, really. I don't no. think it is. No. I think the Triple H and his team are going to have a, a big job on their hands to, if, if they're doing this to, you know, Make sure these other top names like Punk and Cody are taken care of, yes, and, and Seth because the, you know things are really good right now. That things are really hot, and <clears throat> it does just take one thing that people don't like for things to change. So, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's like I know we'll not go into this disagreement that we all we always jokingly go into. But it's like when Steve Austin turned heel in two thousand one. People didn't like it. They didn't. No. They didn't. They didn't like it. They didn't believe it. They didn't buy it. And, you know, things kind of fell off a cliff quite fast. And then it was like a snowball effect because then the invasion happened. And that was a big disappointment. It just kept going, going, going. So, you know, you don't want to be repeating that kind of stuff. 
So this this will be a test, I guess, as well for The Rock of, you know, put your money where your mouth is. If you are a big picture guy and you're now on this board for this company, do do what you need to do to make sure that it's it's taken care of. Yeah, you, and your first act shouldn't be to piss off the entire locker room. Yeah, your first act should not be, I'm on the board, I want to headline WrestleMania. Um, two quick more things before we go. Uh, it's been announced by Vice the topics for the new season of Dark Side of the Ring season five. I just want to read the topics to you and see if any of the topics pique your interest as uh, you know something for them to cover in this upcoming season. So they're going to be covering Chris Adams, Sensational Sherry, Bam Bam Terry Gordy, Black Saturday, Chris Colt, an indie wrestler from the sixties to the eighties, The Sandman, Earthquake. Harley Race, Buff Bagwell, and Bruce's Beefcake. Are there any of those that you think are, are, are worthy of an episode that you would be interested in seeing? Yes, yeah, certainly Harley Race. Um, you know, I was I was a huge fan of his. And um, he was somebody, you know, when I first started watching wrestling, I didn't get it. I didn't realize how good he was. Uh, but mm. it takes you a while to understand pro wrestling. It takes you a very long time to really understand pro wrestling. Um and uh, he was somebody I more became a fan of retrospectively, not when I was, you know, 18 when I first discovered American wrestling. So I think Black Saturday, that's obviously a big story as well. Um, and um, I mean, Chris Adams, that's, I mean, I guess it's dark side of the ring fodder, but it's quite a grim story, that, isn't it? Yeah. Not even quite a grim, very grim story. I can understand why they would want to go there because of how it ended. And um, yeah, he was somebody that a lot of people didn't like, but he had been a huge star, world-class. You know, after the Freebirds left, uh, Adams and Gino Hernandez, who's somebody that, uh, that side of the ring, they have done did an item on him a while ago, didn't they? Yeah, they did, yeah. So Adams and Gino Hernandez, they were like the top heels in the territory in world-class. So you can talk more about the Von Erichs. So, you know, I can understand why they're doing it. But, I mean, also Chris Adams has been dead now for, wow, when did he die? Uh, it was a very long time ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Let me see when he died. Um, well, the, the interesting thing is in the trailer, they, they actually, inter- uh, he died in 2001. 2001, that's what I thought it was. I was thinking, <clears throat> is it really that long ago? And it's like, yeah, 2001. But they actually inter- they, they, they have as an interview, dra- an interview subject on the episode, The Guy Who Killed Him. Oh, right, yeah. Okay, it was his uh, his pal, wasn't it? They had a fight. Yeah, a fight in a bar, and the guy thought that he was going to, thought that Chris was going to kill him. Yeah, they so... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it was ruled self-defense, I believe. It was. Um, um, I mean, Brutus Beefcake, I don't really think that's, I'm not sure if that's dark side of the ring material. Do you think that's dark side of the ring material, Kenny? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a stretch, because, I mean, I guess at this point, I mean, his career is pretty dire. So you could, maybe that's how you, I mean, but when I interviewed Evan Husney, one of the creators of Dark Side of the Ring, he did say that one of the issues was, like, they do feel quite hampered by the name of the show because they didn't really want to call it Dark Side of the Ring. They were just, that ended up being the name and now it kind of, everybody looks at it and goes, well, is that dark enough? Is that, is that grim enough? So yeah. I guess this will be a test of, I mean, Earthquake in there, I guess the story is going to be his sad passing at age 42. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he died. He died so young, didn't he? Cancer. Yeah. Um, I mean, Terry Gordy, I think he was only maybe about 41 when he died or 40. He might have even been younger than that. I think it was 2001. He died as well. Yeah. So, I mean, he was, 
he was never really a, a national star in, in the States. I mean, he had that run with Steve Williams in 92 in WCW when they were tag team champions. And he obviously did well for world class as part of the Freebirds, but that's like, you know, 82, 83, 84. I mean, that's like a lifetime ago. It was before you were even born, Kenny. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, it was a, it was obviously a huge star in Japan for all Japan. And, you know, the way he died, well, he obviously took the massive drug overdose and suffered brain damage in 93. And um, he did return to the ring, but he wasn't the same because he, he damaged his brain and he couldn't remember things and he just didn't have those same instincts anymore for it. And then he ended up dying really quite young of a heart attack, I believe it was. Is that right? I think it was. I know it's 2001 when he died, so I remember covering it in Power Slam. Yeah, I think you're right. But, I mean, I'm not sure how whether that's really going to have broad appeal, but maybe it doesn't matter because they've probably got the built-in audience who are familiar with the name and you can talk about his glory days. And he started really young. I believe he started wrestling when he was, could have been 13 or 14. And he was very young when he made his debut. Was he, not, uh, was he not quite big in Japan really early on as well? Like when he was, was he not? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he did, he did stuff in Japan. Yeah, it was, you know, Steve Williams. He was, um, yeah, huge, huge <clears throat> part of the old Japan scene out there. Major, big deal. And, um, but yeah, I think he, I think he had a very, I think he had like a drug overdose, which he survived as in, survived as in without any sort of damage to his brain. Mm-hmm. And it was a really close call. And, all Japan was aware of what had happened and they weren't willing to really push him. I think he'd been triple crown champion and they managed to hush it up. And, um, you know, he came back to the ring and he actually was the same. There was no um, lasting damage from the original drug overdose. And then, you know, he, he took, the, I think it was August 93, took a lot of somers on a flight over to Japan. And, um, yeah, it was... Um, yeah, really bad and um he very nearly died and yeah he you know suffered brain damage it was really sad um but yeah i mean i suppose there's some decent some there is some good topics there for sure and and it's unfortunately yeah the clues in the title dark side of the ring it's it has to be it can't be jolly happy things can it no you know, it's it's got a it's got a you know ominous tone to it you know it's a t- tragedy is a huge part of that program. And so I can understand why they are covering Terry Gordy. I mean, Earthquake again, I mean, he was well-liked was Earthquake. Um, and he had that good run with, with Hogan. But, I mean, mm-hmm. his career, apart from that, was really mediocre. And at times, you know, I'm sorry, the guy's no longer with us, but at times the guy was diabolical in the <laughs> ring. It was awful. Are you saying that his run as Avalanche didn't float your boat? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, you know, about people who are no longer with us, but I mean, it was just embarrassing. A shark as well. Remember a shark in the dungeon, mm-hmm. dungeon of doom. I mean, that was just like you looked at it, you just cringed. I mean, he did have the run as Golga with the medicine ball mask. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's not forget oh. about that. <laughs> so I mean, anyway, what, I mean, you could do it. You could do. Obviously, he did have that famous match, didn't he? That de- uh, descended into a shoot fight. Well, nothing much happened, was it? We. I believe with Koji Katow. Yeah, and it, it's not. I mean, it's, I mean, when you hear about it and then you watch it, it's it's not as it's a bit of a letdown. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's not really. Like, yeah, there's just like this standoff more than a shoot fight. Yeah, it's it's not bizarre. a whole lot happens, does it? No, no, not a lot at all. Uh, but like, that's the topics. So you know that'll be uh, coming out in March. So well, what do you make of it, Kenny? 
Hey, I like it. I think there's. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to some of them. I like. I, I think the sherry one will be pretty good. You know, I think a lot of people. I think it's good because people there'll be people that are, don't get as much, don't get talked about as much, and maybe get forgotten, like Terry Gordy. And it'll be good for younger people to kind of know who they are. Uh, the Bagwell one. I mean, that's going to be pretty interesting to see. So he he's obviously in it as well. I think I mean, yeah. I, I, most of the ones, the only one I don't really get is Black Saturday because I know it, obviously Vince took over the time slot, but I mean, I guess that's just, that's their one, you know, they always do like a, an event yeah. episodes, you know, they did like Collision in Korea um, and they do these different ones. So I guess Black Saturday is the one for this season, but yeah, the Black Saturday one's probably the only one that I'm not that interested in, but maybe the story's more interesting than I know and there's more to it than meets the eye. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they can shed any light on that because so much has been written about that period. Um, and is there anything new to say about it? Yeah. You know, really? And with them buying the time slot and, you know, Jack Briscoe in his autobiography, you know, he went, he explained um, in quite a lot of detail, actually, what went down and how they managed to pull off this coup. and uh, <laughs> Sold, you know, basically sold the slot and then they got you know, jobs with Vince and he retired shortly afterwards because he just had enough. I think also he made enough money that he just didn't want to do it anymore. He just, he just, that's it. I'm just retiring. Um, You know, which is, let's face it, the dream for any wrestler. I think there's a, I think there's a lot, there was a lot of things went down then that they could possibly shed new light on. And yeah. so I'll be, I actually really looking forward to that. That's the one I'm actually most looking forward to that and the Harley race one, maybe the Harley race one. I'm not really sure. It'd probably be quite a, a lot of gushing praise for him and uh, which I can understand. Um, well, there is also- that thing about, did he not, his, his wife, his wife died in a car crash and he was like starting out in wrestling. Is that not one of the stories yes. of him? So I'm yes. sure that'll be. Yeah. yeah. When we did the famous interview with him, uh, it's in the Power Slam interviews, volume two, he talked, um, in some depth about what had happened then, how he almost lost his leg, suffered a devastating leg injury in that accident, and they almost amputated his leg afterwards, um, which obviously would would have been devastating. He would never have wrestled, it would have been devastating for his life. Um, but the um the promoter he was working for um basically found a an excellent doctor to, or surgeon to take him to and they saved his leg and he was able to return to the ring. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, he explained what happened there in uh, in uh, in that interview with Power Slam yeah, in 2008. Sorry. But uh, yeah. Yeah, so we will, you know, we'll, we'll probably watch some of them when they come out and we'll, we'll, we'll have stuff to say if, if on some of them. But um, yeah, that's all the time we've got for today. We'll be back on Tuesday with more, which we'll be talking about the Royal Rumble. So why not on Monday? Because we always said we'd do Monday and we can't, we can't have a paper for so we'll try and exactly. do Exactly. We'll be here on Monday, Kenny. We'll be here on Monday to talk about the Rumble. So there'll be loads to talk about from that show. And yeah, I'm intrigued. I mean, there's something in my mind that says that when we record on Monday, there's going to be something unexpected to talk about. Yes. I don't have any knowledge of anything, but there's just something fishy in my mind that says that it's not just going to be as clear cut as we watch the show, Gunder wins the Rumble. And that's it. I, I just, and then, you know, Triple H put an ominous tweet out last night saying, you know, what a week and we're only halfway through. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll be here on Monday to, to break it all down and talk about all the, the big matches, the big angles and all that sort of stuff. So. Absolutely, Kenny. Uh, yeah, Inside Growth Magazine issue 41 is up for pre... No, no it's, it's, out, it's out today. 
It'll be out today. It's out today. It's just not arrived with me yet because my postman have, is shit. I haven't received my copy either. What wasn't wasn't the Royal Mail on about only doing deliveries three days a week? I don't really follow news anymore, but apparently I, was this something was that, that they were wanting to do? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Every every, every corner that can be cut is, is being tried to be cut now, so we'll, we'll It's like, see. no wonder people aren't using the Royal Mail anymore. So it's just like, you can't do that. I mean, it just ceased to exist, the service. I believe the, um, the Prime Minister said, no, you're not doing that. You've got to continue doing deliveries six days a week, I believe. But I don't really follow the news. Yeah, there's a backlash over a plan for Royal Mail that could see letters landing on your mattress three days a week. I mean, come on. I mean, no one's going to, no one would use the service. Unless it was for like bills or some things that weren't important. Something that you actually wanted to get there. You'd just use an alternative method of postage, wouldn't you? Yeah. So uh, anyway, hopefully, hopefully Insider Ropes magazines will, will be with you today, folks. Yes. Uh, yeah, but probably the Prime Minister has said he's committed to six day of the week service. But we'll see. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but the, the, the magazine should be arriving anytime now. And if you uh, order it at insideropesmagazine.com, we will be able to get those out to you. Um, but yeah, I want to thank you for all your support, as always. You can go to Patreon and listen to more of us, patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes. We started going through uh, old issues of Power Slam. So we're going through some of the ones that will be in the next yearbook. So uh, do come join us for that. We're recording the 2004 Royal Rumble review today, where I'm going to have to try and talk Sondra off a ledge because she already is hating 2004 and we're in January. Uh, um, I mean, just wait till we get to May. Oh. I always remembered May 2004 as being a re- like a really low point. That was almost like, you know, King of the Ring 95 type levels of yeah. you know despondency. So the worst is yet to come. Oh, God. But we'll be here to cover all of it and, uh, yeah, we'll go through the misery for you. So thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 